When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. Going to go over the week 13 matchups for you. Uh, went over the first seven games, the first set of seven games uh, in yesterday's podcast. So you can check out yesterday's episode to get those games. Um, now, this is Friday. We usually drop the second set uh, of matchup previews on Friday. So that's what we're doing here. Um, interesting Thursday night game last night, right? Um Man, Taysom Hill. Over 100 yards rushing, four interceptions, and still had a solid <laughs> fantasy QB one day. <laughs> this is why, you know, just having rushing quarterbacks just make things, you know, just a lot easier for you, right? Like, they can be terrible, but, you know, still put up a solid day for you when it comes to fantasy. Um so, yeah, uh, by the way, like, you know, we're going to be talking about a lot of, uh, you know, injuries going into this week. Um, a lot of things are going to be, you know, finalized over the weekend on Friday. We're going to get some practice statuses. It's Friday morning now, so, you know, I won't have the final, you know, a lot of the final um designations going into the weekend but just stay stay up to date you know uh either you know on twitter or or stay up to date through my instagram stories at upper hand fantasy i'll be going through all of that um you know as we as we move along the weekend so um hope, hope everyone's doing well on this friday i hope everyone has a great weekend but let's get right into it um and let's start with uh where did we end off last time did we end it with the chargers and Bengals? i think we did so let's let's start with the Giants at the Dolphins. Uh, this is a forty-one and a half over under the Giants. No, the Dolphins are favored by three points in this game. Now Daniel Jones might not play this week because of a neck injury. Uh, he could be out for more than that potentially. It's also a game time decision. You know that's what they're saying, but I I don't think that he's going to play. I think they're going to make a decision soon that he won't play. Uh, Mike Glennon would get the start in Jones's place, uh, and if he does, uh, I'm just saying uh, start the Dolphins defense. Okay, uh, Saquon Barkley got the snaps last week. You know, eighty-seven percent of snaps. That that's elite. That's what you want to see. Now we're just waiting on the touches. Uh, he did get you know solid amount of touches last week. I think that could potentially go up this week. He did run a route on more than seventy percent of dropbacks, and I can easily see twenty plus touches on a weekly basis from here on out. So the matchup this week is fine, uh, and his usage in the past game should keep his floor high. He's a a low-end RB1 for me this week, you know, until his touches are consistently up there, which can happen soon, and I might be ranking him a little bit higher than that. You know, I'm just hoping that he can stay healthy for the rest of the season. It doesn't look like Kadarius Toney is playing this week. Didn't practice on Thursday. Um, Sterling Shepard did practice on a limited basis on Thursday. There's a chance he does play this week, and if he does, I'll fire him up as a wide receiver three in a good matchup. I know that, you know, he has a little bit of a quarterback issue, but... I think that's okay. I think he could still be a wide receiver three as long as he's running all the routes, um, you know, r- running around on every drop back, and um, the Giants continue to throw, right? Um, and so this is a good matchup for Kenny Galladay, but he couldn't get it done when he was the only wide receiver for the Giants last week. I'm passing on him. Personally, he's a boom-bust flex at best. Um, you know, it's a good matchup. But, you know, Miami is giving up the most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over the last eight weeks, but... <laughs> I just I just don't really care, you know, especially when it comes to Kenny Galladay. 
Um, Jalen Waddle went off last week. He's a low and wide receiver too in PPR. He's a solid wide receiver three in standard and half point leagues. This is a good matchup. The Giants have been vulnerable in the slot though. Where Waddle runs most of his routes from, uh, the fifth most they've been given they give they've given up the fifth most fantasy points over the last eight weeks, the fifth least over the last four, right? So what's up with that? Let's look a little bit deeper. So Chris Godwin caught six of six for sixty five yards and a touchdown two weeks ago. Hunter Renfro caught seven balls for forty nine yards and a touchdown in week nine before their bye. So I think this matchup is just fine for Waddle. Devontae Parker might be back this week. The last time he came back, he had a good game out of nowhere, but I, I just don't trust it in his first game back. He, he's been getting, you know, his injuries re-aggravated and all that, so I'm, I'm good. I'm just going to kind of chill out and, and, and watch from afar, you know, when it comes to Devontae Parker. Um, Mike Gusecki is a solid tight end one play. He doesn't have the production. He didn't have the production he had over the last couple weeks, uh, but his usage is still good. His targets do need to come up a bit, uh, but he is running a route on like 90% of dropbacks. The matchup is fine. I'm cool I'm cool putting him in my lineup again this week. Miles Gaskin has a couple has had a couple of boom weeks recently, three of his last four games, um, you know, four of his last six, five of his last eight. <laughs> you know, th- that is boom bust. His usage is all over the place this year, but he's been the primary rusher lately. Um, he's being targeted enough lately as well. So, you know, he's kind of stabilized a bit into an RB2 with these uh, you know, with these last few weeks, the Giants have allowed the seventh most rushing yards to running backs this year. Um, so there is some upside here, especially with the game script most likely favoring the Dolphins this week. So, you know, especially with Mike Glennon most likely starting, I think the Dolphins will, you know, potentially have control of this game. Um, so, you know, Gaskin, you know, he's an RB2 and then he has that like spike potential of putting up an RB1 week, right? Okay, moving on to the Washington football team at the Raiders. 49.5 over under. High scoring game here, according to Vegas. Uh, Raiders are favored by 2.5 points. So Antonio Gibson's shin doesn't seem to be bothering him since the bye. They've been giving him volume. It's almost like the injury doesn't exist. So if they're willing to give him the volume, he's a solid RB2. He got the targets on top of the rushing volume last week, but his role didn't necessarily change. JD McKissick was still coming in for those passing downs now. Now, J.D. McKissick, you know, has entered the concussion protocol. There's a chance he doesn't play. He didn't practice in any capacity this week as of Thursday. He didn't practice on Thursday. So if that's the case, you got to fire Gibson up as an RP one Not only is this a good matchup on the ground, but he'll likely be on the field on more third and longs, uh, even be on the field in two-minute drills where we've seen, you know, McKissick do his thing, right? So he definitely gets an upgrade if McKissick misses. Terry McLaurin will likely get shadow coverage from Casey Hayward. This is a tough matchup for him. Uh, McLaurin didn't have a great game last week. He can get it done in any matchup, but you got to downgrade him just a little bit. He's still a solid wide receiver too. Vegas has this game as a close one with a 50-point total. So, you know, I lean towards having him in my lineup because of that. Logan Thomas didn't get his usual 100% route participation, but my guess is that uh, that was only because it was his first week back. I'd assume that it goes up this week, so I'm okay starting him as a low-end tight end one. Uh, the Raiders have given up the fourth most receiving yards to tight ends this year, the third most fantasy points. So, you know, needless to say, this is a good matchup for him. He is limited in practice. He has been limited in practice this week as of Thursday, but I think he should play. Derek Carr is a low-end tight end one start for me this week, given the matchup, given the high total. Uh, no Darren Waller this week, but, you know, just insert Foster Moreau into your lineup. The last time this happened, Moreau ran around on 100% of Derek Carr's dropbacks and had a great game. So he'll be a solid tight end one play this week. 
Hunter Renfro, he's a solid wide receiver three. He gets an upgrade in full PPR leagues um, to like a low-end wide receiver two. Washington has given up the eighth most fantasy points to slot wide receivers, so this is a good matchup for him. Uh, he has one of the most solid floors of any wide receiver in the league. Deshaun Jackson, he's a boom-bust flex option. Derek Carr, you know, looks for his wide receivers deep. He has supported those deep wide receivers in the past. Uh, you know, he even was able to find Deshaun Jackson last week. So it doesn't happen every game, obviously, but it does happen. Uh, and if you need some upside, throw D Jackson in your lineup. Josh Jacobs had legit volume last week. It was as easy as his best game of the season. Not a great matchup, though. Washington has allowed the second least rushing yards in the NFL uh, to running backs right be- right behind, oh, I'm sorry, right between the Bucks and the Saints. And we know how good those guys are. Um, I would say that Jacobs is like a low-end RB2 this week. Moving on to the Jaguars at the Rams, 48 point over under, but the Rams are favored by 13 points in this one. Uh, James Robinson got a limited practice in on Thursday. Uh, He has a foot designation and a knee designation as well. It it seems like he's going to be good to go. Um, He did fumble last week. He got a bit of playing time taken away. My concern with him is that he's not going to get his every down roll back. Right, he had that role before he got hurt. You know that that was really where his his value was. Uh, game script didn't matter at that point. He was getting volume regardless. He you know he was a low end RB one in that role, but now he's more of an RB two. Um, this is not the best matchup either. Um, so you know I'm, he's still going to be in most lineups, but you know if you have options, you might want to consider um, you know something else, right? But he's still going to potentially put put up a solid RB two numbers for you. James O'Shaughnessy is a streamer if you're desperate at the position. You know, Dan Arnold's out with an MCL sprain. Uh, O'Shaughnessy came back, you know, with his own injury uh, at the perfect time. So this is a neutral matchup for tight ends, so he is an option. Uh, I don't think I'll be going anywhere near these Jaguars wide receivers in this game. Dal Henderson hasn't practiced this week as of Thursday. Sean Mavay is saying they expect him to play despite a quad strain. I, you know, I'd still be cautious. I, I wouldn't take his word for it just yet. I continue to roster Sony Michelle through Sunday. You know, even past Sunday, to be honest, since he's one of the best, uh, the better handcuffs to stash, uh, even if Henderson does play. But I'm looking for a full practice for Henderson today. Hopefully, you know, before I rank him as, as the low-end RB1 that he is. Otherwise, there is a chance that Michelle gets in on the action as well. So if he's good to go, Daryl Henderson, this is a good matchup. So you'll want him in your lineup. If Henderson doesn't play, Michelle is an RB1 start. Cooper Cup, obviously in your lineup. Uh, OBJ uh, has a hip pointer injury. He is expected to play. He ran every route except one. Last week, he had 10 targets. He matched Cooper Cup. He's a solid wide receiver three play for me this week. Just keep in mind that the Rams might not have to throw a ton against the Jaguars because, you know, they, they might... You know, I don't know if they're going to compete, honestly, but he's a solid play given his usage last week, only two two games into his career as a Ram. Um, is there a chance that he doesn't play this week? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, you know, I think Sean Mavay has a history of being super optimistic early on in the in the week, um, but you never know. So just have another option just in case OBJ it, it actually doesn't play. Van Jefferson can also get it done for you, you know, on just a big play or two. Um, so he he's an upside flex play. He saw a large target share as well last week. He continu- he continues to be very involved in the offense. Um, but, you know, similar concern with OBJ. Not sure the Jags forced the Rams to pass a whole lot. But it does take one play for Jefferson to get it done. 
Matt Stafford, you know, solid play. He struggled lately, but even with some bad throws last week, he still came through for fantasy. Um, again, you know, will the Rams need to pass a ton? The hope is that maybe Stafford can rack up these red zone touchdowns when they get there, um, you know, be efficient. We've seen him be efficient, you know, especially early on in the season. He just needs to get his groove back, and he, he's done well against bad teams this year. Tyler Higby is a streamer at this point. You know, he's not too reliable, but he won't have, you know, too many of those one-point games like he had last week. Uh, he's a borderline tight end one. All right, moving on to the Broncos at the Chiefs. The Chiefs are favored by 10 points. This is a 47.5 over under. Uh, now, there's a decent chance that Melvin Gordon misses this game. And, and I'm <laughs> listen, I hope Melvin Gordon is going to be all right long term or whatever. But I, I'm just looking forward to a Javante Williams workhorse type game where he can just go crazy, right? Uh, even if Gordon is a little bit banged up going into this game, I still want to start Javante as an RB2 in case Gordon doesn't get as big of a workload as he normally gets. Um, you know, if Gordon does go, I, I'd play him like as a low end RB2, maybe a high end flex play. But it all depends on the reports going into the game in terms of how good he looks again stay tuned with that through my instagram stories at upper hand fantasy we'll also be going live you know uh, you know on sunday you know uh, an hour before kickoff as well so we'll ha- we'll be updated there there too and i'm sure people will have a lot of questions around javante um so you'll get your answer there uh you know Corton sutton he he's borderline unstartable right now he always has the upside but he's been busting over the past four and a four, four to five games so the chiefs have been playing very well on the perimeter it's a tough matchup, so I'm just I'm just staying away. I'm not starting Sutton. Jerry Judy, though, he has an amazing matchup out of the slot. He's a legit wide receiver three play this week. The Chiefs have given up the second most fantasy points to slot wide receivers over the last four weeks and the fourth most over the last eight weeks. So he's in a great spot. Teddy's an okay stream if you need one. Uh, it's hard to get a gauge on the Chiefs' backfield right now, really, because the the week before the bye was Ceh's first week back. You know, was that his normal workload? Are they willing to give him more work than that? You know, did Daryl Williams earn more of the snap share given how well he played while Ceh was out? There are a few questions here, but I think I'm okay starting Ceh as a low end RB two this week. Maybe they're willing to give him some volume on the ground if they're up, especially if Denver chooses that too high safety method that teams have been using against Patrick Mahomes this year. Dale Williams is probably like a PPR flex play at best. You know, his role isn't something that you can rely on. My guess is that he'll be on the field for some pass plays, but, you know, volume for him will be a real question. Even in the past game now, you know, that there's a split in snaps between these two guys. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, you know, he has been up and down, mostly down lately. I'm fine starting him as a low-end QB1 with overall QB1 upside. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, obviously in your lineups. All right, moving on to the Monday night game. Patriots at the Bills, 45-point over-under. This is, uh, Bills are favored by three points in this game because they're the home team. It's hard for me to view Damian Harris as an RB2. You know, even a low-end RB2 this week. I, I just don't think, like, number one, the matchup is good. It isn't good, obviously. And then B, he's sharing carries with Ramondre Stevenson, who, you know, he, Damian Harris would need a touchdown, basically, to come through for you. The upside just isn't there. Um, he's not involved in the pass game. So he's a touchdown-dependent flex option for me. Same with Ramondre Stevenson. You know, I, I, I don't know if Stevenson will be getting any carries inside the five. We haven't had any chance, you know, to get any sort of sample size of of how they're going to be divvying up the, 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 the goal line carries because the last two games, there hasn't been any snaps within the five-yard line with either of these guys on the field. So um, that's something that remains to be seen. My guess is that it, it is still Damian Harris. Uh, it's possible that it's all Damian Harris inside the five, but... We just don't have any sample of that. 
Uh, I'm not excited about Jacoby Myers this week. You know, he's a PPR flex option most weeks, including this week, but he just doesn't have a good matchup. I feel like the scoring is going to come from places we're not expecting this week. Just two good teams, right? Like good defense, you know, good offense. That might mean that we're looking at a big game from someone like Kendrick Bourne, maybe. You know, who knows? He's a boom-bust flex option. Um, You know, despite the tough matchup, you got to start Stephon Diggs. Cole Beasley will likely be involved in a close game. Not the best matchup, but he's a PPR flex play with upside. You know, definitely boom-bust though because, like, you know, we don't know whether he's going to get the volume or not. This seems like a game where, like, you know, someone random like Emmanuel Sanders comes out of nowhere and scores, right? This game is going to be interesting. But, like, you know, I'm not trusting Sanders in my lineup. Just saying that, you know, who knows what can happen in this game. Um, Josh Allen, high in QB1, even though, you know, he does have a tough matchup this week. I would say solid tight end one. Uh, solid QB1. Did I say tight end one? QB1. I, I completely missed a couple games. <laughs> For whatever reason, I got two games that I missed. I missed the Ravens and the Steelers, and I missed the 49ers and the Seahawks. So let's go over those. Uh, Ravens at the Steelers, 44.5 over under. The, the Ravens are favored by three points in this game. Now, Lamar Jackson has struggled in his last two games, but I'm going back to the well this week. The Steelers' defense has looked bad, right? Lamar is still a high in QB1 for me this week. Marquise Brown, also a wide receiver one. He's had double-digit targets in his last four games and five of his last six. The Steelers have struggled on the perimeter this year. They've given up the 10th most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers. He should be in lineups, especially with Joe Hayden uh, still not practicing as of Thursday. Rashad Bateman, you know, he can get it done for you, but it would would have to be on efficiency because he only ran a route on 60% of dropbacks last week. He's rotating with Sammy Watkins still, and that's not what you want to see, you know, if you're putting him in, in your lineup. This is a good matchup, right? So there can be some upside still. Yes, he could take advantage of when he's on the field, but I, I wouldn't call him a dependable option. Devontae Freeman continued in his role as the 1A last week. His role went down slightly with Murray's going up a bit last week, but in terms of touches, Freeman outtouched Murray 17-8 to uh, in Week 12. Freeman is a high-end flex play. I would say maybe low-end RB2. He's kind of in that in that range, especially in this matchup. The Steelers have allowed the most rushing yards to running backs over the last four weeks. They allowed over 5.2 yards per carry. They're allowing the third most fantasy points to running backs over the last four as well. Um, that's that's really due to Joe Mixon killing them, Austin Eckler killing them, DeAndre Swift doing his thing against them as well. Uh, believe it or not, Alex Collins, yes, Alex Collins had 100 yards against the Steelers. Okay, uh, so there's some upside for Freeman this week. He did get half uh, of the attempts inside the five last week, so you know he's still getting an opportunity there with Murray back healthy. So that, that's that's good news there. Mark Andrews is getting it done. Ten targets, eight targets, ten, ten over his last four games. You know th- that's the one bright spot of this offense lately. Uh, keep starting him as a high end tight end one. Najee Harris has had one of the highest floors of any running back outside of this past week. You know, so keep starting him. Not the best matchup in the world, but he can be fine. Um, he's still a solid RB1. I'm hoping he can get back to the workloads that he was seeing a couple weeks weeks ago. Um, they just can't be getting blown out the way that they've been. Um, Deontay Johnson's in your lineup as a low-end wide receiver one. No team has given up more fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers uh, than the Ravens over the last four weeks. That's only, you know, a reason to start Chase Claypool as well as a wide receiver three. He has a full route participation over the last two weeks. He's had over 20% target share over the last two weeks. So, you know, and he's being being targeted down the field with whatever arm strength Ben Roethlisberger has left. 
Pat Fryermuth, he's in the concussion protocol, but he's had two full practices on Wednesday and Thursday, which indicates that he will be cleared by Sunday. Uh, he'll be a tight end one this week. David Njoku, Harrison Bryant combined for six catches, 85 yards, and a touchdown last week You know, against, against um, the Ravens. Jimmy Graham came up came back from the dead in week 11 against the Ravens. Just saying, this is a good matchup, so there is some upside here. And I know it sounds crazy, but Ben, I think, is a streaming option this week. I know. Sounds nuts. You're probably, you know, he looked terrible last week. I know. He did. But the way that all of his weapons matchups are looking, he's an option. So I might look like a damn fool on Monday. I get it. But whatever. Um, This is, Vegas thinks this is going to be a close game too, so that helps. 49ers at the Seahawks, uh, 46.5 over under. The 49ers are favored by 2.5 points. Now, with Debo Samuel out, Brandon Ayuk becomes a wide receiver to play. Now, it doesn't come without concern, to be honest. Like, it's not concern. It's more like, you know, just don't think he's going to have, like, a 150-yard two-touchdown game. I, I think you got to temper expectations a little bit. You know, one reason is that the Seahawks have actually been solid against perimeter wide receivers. They held McLaurin to 51 yards last week. Devonta Adams has 78 yards the week before. Deontay Johnson to 71 yards. Robert Woods, you know, Robert Woods did his thing against them. So did Justin Jefferson. Uh, Debo Samuel uh, as well. So there is the possibility that Ayuk has a good game. Uh, It's also worth keeping in mind that Debo has, you know, only received 10% and 15% of targets over the last two games. So it's not like there's going to be this huge shift to target Kittle and Ayuk, right? It can be more subtle than you think. So, you know, that brings to the second reason, you know, which I, which I, why I temper expectations is because the 49ers will have to pass the ball, will have to run the ball. Will they have to pass the ball that much? I don't know. Right? The 49ers are the most run-heavy team in the NFL. It's possible that Jimmy G doesn't have to throw the ball a ton, especially given how bad the Seahawks offense has looked over the last few games. Now, that being said, this is a great spot for Elijah Mitchell. Two straight games with 27 yard, uh, 27 carries, right? And that last week, um, you know, was, was amazing, right? Six six targets and five catches on top of the workload on the ground. So this is a this is he's a, that's an RB one type of workload right there. Um, he's he's close to a must start this week. George Kittle he's in a good spot. Obviously, you know as I mentioned with Debo out, Dan Arnold caught eight for sixty eight a few weeks ago. Zach Ertz caught eight for eighty eight and two touchdowns two weeks ago. So George Kittle is a high end tight end one start has some upside as well. Now I don't want to start Russell Wilson. Right, I'm still going to start DK Metcalf despite the fact that he has a combined eight catches over the last three games. A combined, you know, combined for 70 yards over the last three games. Ter- terrible stretch, but you know he won't be on my bench. The 49ers, you know, have let up a little bit over the last four weeks in terms of giving up fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers. So there's a chance for DK this week. You know, and the hope is that you know Russ can get his shit together. I also wish that this offense ran more damn plays. I think that's that's the real issue here as well. Um, that could potentially make up for Russ Lutt not looking as good. Um, Tyler Lockett, you know, he runs most of his routes from the slot and from the right perimeter. And those two spots in particular, according to ESPN's Mike Clay, you know, is where the 49ers have given up the 10th most fantasy points to wide receivers over the last four weeks, you know, in the slot and on their right side. So, you know, at least Russ was able to find Lockett deep a couple times this last week. He's averaging 100 yards over the past, 100 yards receiving over the past two weeks. So he's a low-end wide receiver too with some upside. Now, I, if I were you, I'd forget about this backfield, right, including Adrian Peterson. Like, just stay away. Um, Gerald Everett, he's received 21% target share and 18% target share over the last two weeks. So he's pretty startable as a borderline tight end one if you're looking for a streamer. And that's it. That's all we got, officially. 
I hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. Um, I hope you guys make it, to the, make it to the playoffs. If you already made it to the playoffs, hope you guys get your stashes that you want and get your seating proper and get that first round by and all that. All right. Uh, take it easy, guys. Um, have a wonderful weekend. I'll talk to you guys soon. See ya.